1: Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for the second half of the Curtain Call podcast. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, joined as always with Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight? We're talking about Michigan prospects uh, kind of in your wheelhouse. Uh, How are you feeling about everything?
3: I just—I I don't know if you could tell—I uh, really want the Steelers to pick up Ben Mason. <laughs> he is—he is the exact kind of uh, player the Steeler fans would absolutely love. When he touches the ball, he becomes a human missile. Uh, he, he, his first few steps have such power and speed, and he just crashes—and I mean, literally crashes into the line like a truck and just takes people out. He is—he in, is incredible. Uh, He's one of those dudes that just he plays football because he wants to hit people. You know, like James Harrison is a fullback kind of a thing. I, I, you know, we took Roosevelt Knicks and then turned him into a fullback, but he wasn't the same. This this guy is the dude who just wants to hit people as hard as he possibly can and like take their soul. He is that kind of a player. Uh, And I would love him on the Steelers. I would absolutely love him. He's also a fantastic special teams player. Uh, so people who, who sit there and look at Derek Watt and are like, why is he on the roster? Well, you could pick up Ben Mason, seventh round pick, undrafted free agent possibly, uh, and uh, and make that you make that replacement. He would be incredible. I'd love to have him on the team. Uh-oh.
2: You there, Mike? Oh, geez, that, that was a pretty big uh, pr- pretty big cutoff. Uh, are, are we back? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> Sorry about that. that- uh, that was weird, but the big news of the day, we, we can get into that now. Uh Vince Williams is signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers after his uh, release a month ago. All of a sudden v- Vince Williams finds himself back in the the center of the Steelers defense. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on that, Jeffrey?
3: I'm surprised. I was a little surprised, but the Steelers um the Steelers had opened that spot. That that you know, run stuff or aggressive linebacker. I was really looking for. I know you were too. Looking forward to getting a younger, more athletic version of a Vince Williams, someone who could be more attacking and be also bring more athleticism. Uh, but this really, this kind of locks down their linebacker room. They got four linebackers now again. And uh, more, the good news, the way, the reason I think it can work is when Robert Spillane has talked, he talked about how the Steelers told him to work on his coverage, work on his uh, what they call hug blitzing, which is like a green dog blitz. When you're in man and your guy stays in and blocks, you turn into a blitzer to keep the numbers advantage for the blitz, uh, which is where he was good last year. And that's nickel. That's nickel defense skill set, not base package skill set. So the way the Steelers are set up now, it looks like you're going to have Devin Bush on the field every play. in three, four looks, you put in Vince Williams. And nickel looks, you put in Robert Spillane. Uh, so we, we may not see a linebacker coming, coming to Pittsburgh this year.
2: Now, something I, I see the live chat talk, talking about, but I, I also want to ask you on this. Devin Bush, uh, typically he would cover for Mike Hilton or Vince Williams, and it's something you, you talked about in prior episodes, uh, and something we, we kind of discussed that if they brought someone in that was a little bit more athletic, Devin Bush could be a little more free to do his thing. Now that Vince Williams is coming back and Devin Bush has to continue to, to kind of cover him in his weaknesses in that coverage game, do you think that might take away from Devin Bush uh, having a, a breakout year of sorts in 2021, or is this uh, just business as usual?
3: I think if you just look at stats, uh, that that would impact Devin Bush. Uh, but on film, I said it before, 2020 was such a better season than 2019 for Devin Bush. His, he was such a better player. Uh, even though his stats absolutely vanished, like they just dropped off a cliff, but he was a better player and the defense was better for it. Uh, Vince, Vince Vince, is going to be interesting. It'll be especially interesting to see how this affects uh, what what the Steelers do with that slot cornerback, because no, I'm saying that, but at the same time, I'm going to tell you, I don't think Vince Williams plays a nickel anymore. I think he is a base package linebacker and Robert Spillane takes over those nickel responsibilities so I don't think I'm kind of on the fly here but I I don't really think you'll see much difference I mean 2019 it was it was Bush playing with Williams like he he didn't play with Mark Barron so it's still Vince Williams and Devin Bush uh and the Steelers can cover for one liability in the passing game at linebacker they do that really well with either of their safeties either Minka or Terrell Edmonds do a great job of helping those linebackers. So I it'll work. Um I know I, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn because I love Vince Williams as as a player, as a person in the room, as a leader in the locker room. Absolutely love him. And at the same time, like you you'd like to see someone younger, more athletic take that role.
2: Yeah and to me I, I kind of see it as this team trying to fill some holes just because this draft uh, there's still a bunch of positions that they're going to fill some primary backup spots that has to be kind of loaded up with talent so kind of adding another body into the mix is, is something that uh is something that kind of lets them be a little bit more free when we come to the draft but speaking of that draft is Vince Williams resigning completely eliminate the uh, The opportunity for them to be drafting someone at all? Could, could they sign someone? Is this linebacker room uh, kind of locked down now?
3: I think it, I think it really is, especially for early rounds. You could see, I think someone someone in the third or fourth round. You could see them pick up somebody that they can sit there and say, Hey, you know what? You know, give them give them a give them a year or two with Vince Williams. Give them some time behind Devin Bush and, and let them develop. Uh, but I I think it eliminates kind of going round one, I, I know I know we've been fans of the Zayvon Collins pick, but if you pick up a Zayvon Collins, you know, where are you splitting snaps? Robert Spillane deserves time on the field. You, you're going to have to play Vince. Vince is not going to come back and, and do nothing. Uh, so for me, yeah, I, th- I think it really does change that, which isn't a bad thing uh, because we still need a center. We still need a running back. There's just nobody there.
2: Yeah, uh, geez. Before we get to that, one last thing with the inside linebackers. Avery Williamson, he has his little cryptic post uh, changing his photos to the Steelers logo again. Could they add, could they bring Avery Williamson back into the fold, just have, just run four or five deep at inside linebacker and just have a big rotation? To me, I think it might be possible because we got 17 games now, just having, there's, there's nothing wrong with having depth if it's a cheap deal, do you still think it's possible? Or do you think that, uh, that cryptic tweet might've been about, or that cryptic Instagram post, I should say, uh, is about something, uh, unrelated to Williamson re-signing with the Steelers?
3: I, I don't know. I see how you would think Vince Williams signing like that. Cause he did that then Vince Williams signed. So I don't know if that was the moment the Steelers like reached out to both and were like, look, this is what we're offering. We'll see. We'll like, we'll offer both these guys, a cheap contract and see if they bite uh, or something. I don't know if they went that route. I I can't imagine Avery Williamson coming here. I mean, he just came off. He had a big contract. He played a lot of snaps, and then he kind of fell out of favor as the defense changed in, in New York, comes to Pittsburgh, plays in a gap, and really not knowing the defense at all. Really came in and played with – and they had to change the, the linebacker roles entirely just because he doesn't know what he's doing here. He, he was – join in the middle of the season Uh, is to get him back and have that chance at him learning a season would have been a good move. I just don't know if he would be willing to sign for the kind of money that is going to be available with the Steelers having three guys that they like three known commodities. You're not going to, they're not going to pay number four. You know, the fourth guy is not going to get paid much money and you're not going to get much promise of snaps either. Devin Bush is going to play 100% of the snaps if he's there. He's going to play every single snap uh, that he can. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't see Avery Williamson making sense. I don't see it making sense for Avery Williamson to sign here unless there really is just no market at all, and he's willing to sign a veteran minimum deal.
2: And perhaps that might be exactly what it comes down to, but I guess the other news of today and kind of completely overshadowed by uh Vince Williams signing uh, Josh Dobbs uh, quarterback uh, is back for year number five with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think of uh, the, the re-edition of Josh Dobbs uh, with the black and gold?
3: I like it. I think it really, for people who want a quarterback, probably not the best news. Um, I think it I think it's more than anything a vote of confidence in the guys they have. You want a fourth quarterback for camp. And Josh Dobbs, in my opinion, is the right kind of quarterback to push uh, a Dwayne Haskins. He's not going to match Dwayne Haskins talent, but the questions on Dwayne Haskins aren't, you know, does he have talent? The questions are, you know, where's his head at in the game? What's his anal- analysis level? What's he like in the locker room? you know, you're you're talking leadership and you're talking, you know, the love of the game, sitting in the film room, watching the film, breaking stuff down, understanding the offense, all these things, those are Josh Dobbs' strengths. Josh Dobbs isn't the greatest passer, but he does that to the point that he's, you know, a guy Ben Roethlisberger likes because he can rely on him. So to me, he's an insurance policy should Dwayne Haskins cause them any problems and they have to get rid of, you know, and Haskins, they cut ties with him. And he's also the kind of guy to, to push Dwayne Haskins in the in the film room. Kind of be that guy who's like you know try and keep up here, kid. You know, like like let's go. It's you. It's time for you to learn this. It's time for you, really. It's it's your what third season. You know, you need to have this stuff down. Uh, so I think Josh Dobbs is actually the, the perfect kind of addition to push him. And honestly, if he sticks around, he's someone Ben likes having around. That's not that's not a bad thing.
2: Yeah, right now that, that's Ben's number two amigo on, on that team. He doesn't go to anyone uh, before. Uh, he stops and talks with josh dobbs on the sideline regardless of him having a helmet so that is something uh something to, to uh, keep an eye on it uh, i i think ben does uh pull a decent amount of weight in that room but like if dwayne haskins shines he, he shows off his big arm and uh what he was able to do in college i, I don't think uh, they could deny him a spot but when it comes to his quarterback position in general and of course the draft is what two weeks uh or a week to a week tomorrow is that right Two weeks tomorrow, I think it's two weeks tomorrow. That makes more sense. But uh, with yeah, uh, with the, with Dobbs being signed, does that mean the Steelers are unlikely to take it or even add a, any quarterback at all when it comes to the draft, undrafted free agency?
3: I think so. I really think it does. But that's that's based on my opinion that the Steelers are all in on Ben Roethlisberger. And that secondarily, they really like Mason Rudolph, which we hear from the team. We hear from insiders from the team. Uh, if, if they're set with those two, Dwayne Haskins was their number three. I think Dobbs is either that insurance policy against Haskins um, or he's just there to push him and be, a, be the number four camp guy. I don't – the only way I could see the Steelers drafting – a quarterback is if they have already soured on Dwayne Haskins, if they've already seen something and they say, "Whoa, you know what, that's, this guy isn't going to be a guy we want to keep around. Uh, If it's that kind of a situation, then I could, then I could definitely see them drafting a quarterback and then cutting ties with Dwayne Haskins, but they're not going to, they're not going to enter camps and and off season activities with five quarterbacks. And,
2: it should also be mentioned that Dwayne Haskins uh, does have practice squad eligibility. Of course, he could be scooped up by any team if, if he's placed on the practice squad, but any team could have scooped him up uh, before he signed that uh, that minimal deal with the Steelers. So, of course, that's something else to watch. It might be a little bit easier to cut him and just have all the guys in the locker room uh, carried over to the season. The other news of the week since we last chatted, Jeffrey, James Conner became an Arizona Cardinal. Uh, of course, the Steelers' running game is something this organization's talked about improving, and, and a few different options, of course. And uh, Art Rooney II, of course, said that this team isn't going to finish 32nd in the league when it comes to running the ball ever again. Uh, James Conner is gone. What are your initial reactions on that? And uh, does this uh, is this kind of telling that the Steelers weren't willing to bring him back on such a cheap one year deal?
3: Uh, first, I want cover from Connor's side. I actually think Arizona is a great place for him to end up. It, it's, it, they've got a running quarterback. They've got, you know, obviously a great receiver, uh, one of the top in the league outside in DeAndre Hopkins. That's an offense that offers similar kind of threat in different areas, like the 2018 Steelers did, where, Teams wanted to defend each play knowing Connor wasn't the guy you really had to worry about. You had to worry about Antonio Brown. Then you had to worry about Juju Smith-Schuster. You had a quarterback back there who could throw to the tight ends. Like, defending the run wasn't something you could easily do. Uh, you couldn't just, just you know, load the box with players and defend the run like they could in 2019. And then they they started doing kind of a little bit more in 2020. Uh so it's a great place for Connor when he has a little more space. He is he's great when he is, he is not a high traffic runner guy. He's not a guy who runs through congested run lanes and finds his way. He is a guy who likes to make big sharp jump cuts uh, in in open space and, and evade guys. And that's where he is at his best. And that's where he gets his long runs uh, that make his negatives that he takes when he's jumping around the backfield and gets tackled for a loss. You know, it 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 evens out over the game. When he's in a congested run, those negative runs are more hurtful and he doesn't get the longer run. So it's a great fit for James Conner. It is a fabulous place for him to go, uh, and I could really see him rejuvenate his career a bit there. For the Steelers' side, I think it says a lot. I mean, the Steelers loved James Conner. Like, everything they said, locker room, all the players in the locker room, all the coaches, everyone loved James Conner, the person. They didn't want James Conner the football player. They want him at all. Like that's that's incredible to me. Uh someone mentioned in the live chat that, that you know about James Saxon being there now. Uh it, it, this could have been foretold. This could have been an Eddie Faulkner thing. Eddie Faulkner is just not that kind of running back. He's not looking for that kind of back. Uh, but they're really they don't want him. And that is that is interesting to me considering. You, you think back over the years, James Conner is one of the best running backs that Matt Canada's ever coached. He's he's one of the guys that had some of the most success of any of Matt Canada's running backs with James Conner, and they're letting him walk for almost nothing.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I think that definitely speaks volumes. And really, to me, all, all these kind of moves are kind of, kind of leading into the draft. I, I think something we're probably pretty likely to hear uh, Roger Goodell walking up to the podium and going with the 24th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select running back, mm, dot, 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 dot. Uh, Is that, uh, is that something uh, you're, you're putting stock in these days, Jeffrey?
3: Yeah, really. Yeah. Like uh, we don't have a running back. Like we we've got, you know, four, three, four, number two guys, number three guys, we got depth. We don't have any starters. So you've got to get a starter. You've got to get a guy to carry the load from day one. Uh, That's really – I am not a fan of the Steelers taking a running back in round one, but that is looking more and more like something they may may be just planning to do.
2: To me, what became worrisome is James Conner was the insurance policy. If one of the, if the, if the guy they wanted in the first round wasn't there, or if they didn't see the value of a running back in the first round, and then all the top guys were gone by 55, they could always uh, just work their way back to James Conner, have a fine running back. Just someone who can get the job done for another year when he's healthy. Now that James Conner is gone. Now all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, the Steelers have kind of painted themselves into, into a corner Say, say at 18, the Miami Dolphins take Najee Harris, and heck, the New York Jets fall in love with Travis Etienne. Now all of a sudden, do the Steelers have to panic and take Javante Williams 24th, or are they that level of handcuffed? Like, what are your kind of thoughts on this? Do they have to take a running back at 24? Because it seems like there's no other option.
3: I don't think it is. If someone falls, I think you'll still see, like, let's say a Derisaw fell, and you had, like, I don't... It wouldn't matter like who who's there that you would take over him. Uh I think there are those players in situations. Steelers aren't gonna panic and, and force a pick in the first round, I hope. Uh I think drafting like I honestly think drafting a running back in the first round is like drafting Artie Burns in the first round. It's it's that kind of a move. It's just it's not the move. It isn't the move. But let's let's say something does drop and they skip running back in the first round and then they come to the second round. And the, and the names are gone. The real guys are gone. And now you're looking at, do we do we draft a third or fourth round running back in the second round? Or do we risk, you know, not getting, not getting one of the names at all and ending up, you know, f- f- going into the season with Benny Snell as your best running back? That's not a good situation. But I'm going to go back to, to something I've been saying for a long time. In the run game, it's scheme first. Offensive line second, running back third. So if if you have to pick between a running back and a really good starting center, you're taking the center. If if you are picking between a running back and a position where the, that position really matters more than running back does, running back has been so devalued in the NFL. Uh, do, you, do you take the running back? No, you don't. If you have to, you roll into this season with, Ballage and McFarland and Snell and Edmonds. I mean, like, that's, if you have to, you do that. You don't reach. Please don't reach Steelers.
2: Uh, yeah, that, that's where it gets really tough, especially now that I'm thinking back to uh, Art Rooney II's uh, year-ending press conference. He said the Steelers would be, would be adding a, a, a new quarterback to this team. Then all of a sudden, is the new quarterback just Josh Dobbs, the guy that was there, but he just didn't have a contract? He said the Steelers weren't going to have the 32nd-ranked running attack. Uh, Now that there's no free agent options available for, for bell cow backs, are they handcuffed into reaching on someone, or could they get screwed out of drafting a running back at all? what do you what do you make of all this? Is there any worry that the Steelers organization might have uh, kind of gambled uh, on some positions uh, still being there and kind of fallen flat on their face or is there still some sort of a plan?
3: I think the biggest takeaway I have from it is again, Dan Rooney was the greatest owner in sports history, possibly all sports definitely in the NFL. Uh, Art the second isn't that guy, right? And that doesn't mean he's not good. That doesn't mean he can't be a good owner. But but Dan Rooney say things like that. Dan Rooney wasn't a guy who would be like, you know, we're gonna add a name to that. We're gonna add a quarterback to the room, and we're gonna we're gonna focus on running the ball, and we're never gonna be that bad again. That's just stuff Dan Rooney would never say because you can't guarantee that. You know, are you gonna add a name no matter how stupid it gets? Are you gonna pull a Dan Snyder thing and be like, we need a quarterback no matter who it is. I don't care if they stink. Sign them, get a name, and just throw money at them. Like you're not going to do that stuff. You can't control all the rest of the stuff around you. You just have to make the best of it you can every year. So for me, the the first thing is Art Rooney needs to learn things not to say. Like just don't say those things because then Steeler fans look at it and they're like, "You, you said we were going to improve this. You said we were going to fix this, and it's not fixed. You didn't do anything. Like what's what's going on with this franchise?" and that's, that's needless. That's needless. The Steelers need to approach this and make the best of a season where the salary cap is just stupid. Um, the, the free agency is, is bizarre because of it. And teams are in these situations. Teams are in situations where they just have holes on their roster that they may not be able to fill. And that's just how it is.
2: Now, when we get to the 24th overall pick, uh, let's just put a hypothetical out there. The top three tackles are gone. Darisaw, uh, Slater, Sewell—they're gone. Everyone else is still available. The top centers are still available, and all the running backs are still there. Let's just even say uh, Jeremiah Usu Cormora is there. Zaven Collins is there. Who's that? Who's the pick? Are they going running back if that's the, the situation they're looking at?
3: No, I don't think I don't think you're go running back there. I don't think you do. Uh if there's a really if there's one of the really good cornerbacks there that's that's a that's a possibility that's a strong possibility for the Steelers uh but i, I don't see running back if the top centers are there that's that's tough to pass on that's really tough to pass on a center uh, or you know a, a player of bigger impact
2: yeah I, it's it's kind of it's kind of an interesting spot to find this team in right now but when it comes to the rest of free agency before the draft the next two weeks of course the Steelers kind of surprised us by making a couple moves today could they fill out the rest of the roster uh by making a a couple more free agent moves I honestly today's moves to me I feel like they're not done yet
3: yeah we could see some We, we could see a few moves right right now they're really filling those depth spots which uh So I I wouldn't be surprised if you see a a veteran edge player, outside linebacker, come in. Uh, I'm not sold on Cassius Marsh as as a potential number three guy. And, you know, that's it. If you don't find someone in the draft, Cassius Marsh is your number three outside linebacker. So I I could see that position. uh, Tight end. Obviously, we could still use his number two tight end. There's, there's some positions out there that the Steelers could really look at and say, hey, we'll bring in this guy who's a veteran and, and can be a backup.
2: All right. So we are at the top of our show here. Um, Jeffrey, is there anything uh, you want to plug or any other closing thoughts you want to get out before we uh, hang up the line?
3: Uh, yeah. Dave Schofield and I, uh, Vertex, hit today with uh, Kalen Ballage. Uh, if you want to find out more about him uh, – he he's he's going to be a, he, he's a guy he's another guy <laughs> and oh, we cover what he brings to the team what what kind of skill set he brings um i've got an ongoing series with uh, kevin smith about different where we talk about uh, how different offensive players at different positions fit uh, the steelers offense quarterbacks came out this week we're working on uh, offensive line for next week so look forward to that
2: Awesome. Now, before we get out, I also want to remind you that behind the steel curtain, we have a ton of great content coming out uh, in anticipation of the draft and on draft day itself. Well, all three days of the draft, uh, there's going to be a ton of, of podcasts. So we're going we're going to be doing some stuff live. Uh, we're, we're going to be doing some roundtables, review mock drafts over the coming weeks. I'm telling you, it's going to be an exciting time over on the website and here on the podcast platform. So make sure you're checking out Behind the Steel Curtain. Make sure you're following uh, all the social media pages. You can find that by searching Behind the Steel Curtain or BT Steel Curtain. Uh, we will pop up uh, verified on Twitter and Facebook. So it uh, should be uh, fairly fairly easy to, uh, to come across those pages. But uh, as we get to the end here, uh, I just want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in with uh, Jeffrey and myself, and we will catch you guys next week.